0: Bloody Elbow presents the MMA Vivisection, the show that gives you a comprehensive breakdown and expert analysis of all the fights happening on this weekend's UFC card. Here are your hosts, Zane Simon and Connor Rebush.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the MMA Vivisection with me, Zane Simon, and my co host, as always, Connor Rebush. We are here this week talking about UFC 279 going down at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, headlined by a mercy killing between Hamzat Shemaev and Nate Diaz.
2: Exactly merciful, is it?
1: Yeah, I was gonna, actually, you know, you're right. Mercy
2: killing is the wrong word.
1: Assassination. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's, that's basically an assassination, uh, yeah. possible death cult ritual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Something arcane and
1: uh... Dana White's telling, t- telling Nate, that the aliens are going to come down and pick him up. If only he'll fight Homsot in a pay-per-view main event.
2: Yeah, this is going to be the uh, the first UFC fight where um, the commission is actually going to allow one of the fighters to wear white tennis shoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got that bo- that 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 water bottle full of Kool-Aid in the corner for between rounds. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they're bending a couple rules. Yeah, yeah, but it's a you know it's a special uh, it's a special occasion. So yeah, man, it's gotta
1: ascend somehow.
2: I now as I've looked at this card, it, it occurred to me, I mean context is everything. Yeah. If this was a fight night card, I think oh, it yeah. would appear it would appear quite solid.
1: It would be a badass fight night
2: card. It's a really solid fight night lineup. As a pay per view, man, it sucks. It's terrible
1: it is it's really
2: terrible atrocious there is the main event means nothing it is the most predictable main event possibly ever yeah um and then like half the other fights that like sort of seem interesting at first there's like some depressing contextual yeah. detail about them um there there is just like nothing holding up this card really
1: yeah th- th- this is you know, I know people get on us sometimes for being honest and yeah. upfront about our feelings about fight cards and just being, you know, there's this whole section of fandom. It's like, how can you judge something before you, it even happens? And it's just like, I'm sorry, but that's how you live your entire life. Yeah. You no know? Shit. Somebody it's... hands you a plate of shit and a plate of tacos and <laughs> it's like, which one do you want to eat? And you're like, well, I haven't tried the shit yet. I don't know.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, better, I better make sure I've sampled that experience.
1: Though. Yeah,
2: like we and and I'm not saying we can't be
1: wrong cards that we think are going to be bad, turn out great C- cards that we think are going to be great, turn out bad. But,
2: no, you know, the the whole... thing. I, I think this will be a an entertaining out of five. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll almost certainly it's be meaningful. Exactly. It's just how do you how do you get up for it? That's the problem. Yeah. That's what it lacks that you kind of demand of a pay-per-view card.
1: Yeah, there is not one fight on this card that will get any of the fighters on it closer to title anything. contention. Yeah, yeah. Closer to anything. Like, even the main event does not change no. one iota the proximity for Kamzat Shumaya
2: to the Wealth of yeah. Weight title. There's always two things to evaluate at cards. How fun are they going to be to watch? And if that's your top priority, then kudos to you. Pay $75 to uh to enjoy what again i'm sure will be a fun night of fights sure and then the other consideration is what does it mean and unfortunately you could delete this card and next next sunday the situation in all the divisions will be exactly the same yeah
1: And it's one of those things too where like you know it, you especially have to ask that for pay-per-views because if you're looking, you know, if you're like, oh, well, if it's going to be a fun night of fights, I want to pay for it. But like then the UFC puts on plenty of fun nights of fights that are meaningless for free. Exactly. So what delineates the what delineates the quality of the product that makes one worth seventy five dollars yeah. and the other one worth nothing.
2: If you uh, steal all the pay-per-views, then like, you 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 know, you're fine. You're set. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is pretty good. Anyway. I only steal half the pay-per-views, so I still retain enough honesty to complain. Yes, that's right.
1: And and retaining that level of honesty because I you know, I want to be upfront and above board. We are doing something a little unusual oh, yeah. for the uh, MMA vivisection here, which is that because you're going to be on vacation next week, we are actually recording this a week out. So, if the bout order that we use is totally wrong, yeah. if half the fights we talk about fall apart, If we don't sound like we've researched this very well, all of these things are true. (laughs) (laughs) We are winging it just to try and make sure that we keep up. And uh, yeah, this is the the least preparation I have done for (laughs) recording a vivisection in like five years.
2: Hey, warranted, you know, look at this card.
1: Yeah. I mean it's 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 not very It's not meaningful and a lot of the fights aren't very hard to call, frankly.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. So we're gonna, I heard we're, I heard you've had a very good pick percentage this year, by the way. Yeah,
1: I'm doing all right. You're like
2: hitting. 75% or something somebody said on Twitter? Jesus, am I? I I don't maybe they were wrong, but uh, you know. You yeah. Can, uh, if that's true, then you can afford to kind of, you know, just sort of half-ass one.
1: Yeah, well, hey, that's awesome to me. <laughs> uh, I'll take that. You're set. Uh, hey, uh, you know what? As long as I'm I'm outperforming uh, yeah. Johnny the Greek, then I'm I'm. Happy. Oh, I thought it was going to be me. No, that's. Oh right. no no no! You, I, I can outperform you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the charlatan that I'm really measuring myself against. <laughs>
2: well, at least I'm not a charlatan. It's true. Great.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about this this main card. And yeah. this main event. Hamzat Chemaev, Nate Diaz, and Chemaev. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Moving on to the co-main event. <laughs> oh wait, we need the odds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what this is the main reason this feels so underwhelming as a pay-per-view card. Yeah. This is a matchup tailor-made just to unnecessarily raise Chumayev's profile. He is already, I mean, it, it, it good for him. You know, it's yeah. certain people are, you know, they've released uh like two free fights of the best moments in Nate Diaz's career, um, both of which it took place like seven years ago. Um mm-hmm. people who only watch that and don't pay attention to the dates will maybe be like wow Chimaev's really good. He beat the guy who beat Conor McGregor. Um But, uh, yeah, it's like it's utterly predictable. It's it is tailor made for Chimaev to win. He can do only a quarter of the things we know he does exceptionally well and just completely dominate Nate Diaz. Uh, The main thing is his wrestling. He's big and strong. He can do whatever he wants, get Nate against the fence, take him down and thrash him. And is there maybe some interest in, oh, can Diaz find something from his guard? Maybe. But uh, you know, was I was this... looking uh-huh.
1: out of interest, like when's the last time Diaz Nate got a submission off his back? Yeah.
2: Is At Miller best... Nah it's a guillotine. I mean uh, and actually I think it was from it started from top. I think he dropped Miller first. Yeah. Yeah. The well, the,
1: the, the best chance would be Takanori Gomi. An arm bar, which even that he might have gotten from top control. Yeah. Which means that you have to be going all the way to Kurt Pellegrino in 2008. Yeah. But even the go- even giving him the Gomi fight, that was
2: 2011. That was 11 years ago. Meanwhile, it, far more recent are performances like against Ben Henderson, against RDA, um, where people have taken him down and just sliced him to pieces. Yeah,
1: I was in the building for the Ben Henderson fight.
2: Oh, I remember fight.
1: it. Yeah, and it was a it was a proof of concept masterclass that if you just get on top and Nate Diaz and stay safe and do do work, yeah, keep your your you know your top control relatively tight.
2: You didn't have any answers. And I bet you yeah. can do it without even having to uh to do the splits. Yeah, like it's.
1: You know, people are like, oh, you know, there's a chance Chima, Diaz could, like, rally late. For, from what? Like, yeah. if if Chimaev gets on top of him and is in his guard or in half guard for two or three rounds, mm-hmm. what, what kind of rally are you expecting Diaz to have?
2: Yeah, like, is there, like, a, a, a tiny, to the point of insignificance, uh, chance that Jamayev like gets tired from beating Nate up and something happens in the fifth, maybe, but maybe. it's far more likely that he just finishes Nate before it ever goes that far.
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, Gilbert Gilbert Burns is a much more decorated grappler. Oh yeah. Than Nate Diaz.
2: Oh yeah. And much, you know, faster and, and
1: more powerful and yeah, has, had much better results much more recently, has been a more competitive fighter much more recently.
2: Yeah. I mean, if Jemayev approaches this like over cautiously, like could it be interesting to see him deal with Nate's boxing skill and reach maybe. Maybe five years ago. Yeah. But literally at any moment he can, first of all, crush him with a powerful series of kicks or just walk through. And I mean, we more than saw that in the, in the Burns fight that like Jumayev is incredibly tough um, and he 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 has to know that he can just walk through anything if it means um, getting this fight to a wrestling situation so he's just way faster than Nate too he's way faster he's way more powerful he's it it is literally unnecessary (laughs) that's the word to describe this matchup yeah
1: it would be a miracle it would be a miracle comeback for Nate, or like a miracle upset
2: yeah, for has to
1: win this fight,
2: really. Given, given this, these circumstances and how we're describing them, I mean, that is certainly a way to set up the greatest comeback of all time. It would be unbelievable, but uh, it would be so unbelievable because uh, I just don't believe it. Yeah. It ain't going to happen.
1: Let me see. I'm trying to find the odds for this. They're not on the UFC 279
2: uh, best fight odds. They don't want to they, they don't want to give the game away. They're hoping to go, they can they yeah. can hook a few suckers into thinking this is a real fight.
1: They've got they've got him down here in the other bouts section of future events. <laughs> and Chimayev opened at minus eleven hundred and he's currently out of the minus eleven eighty six with Diaz at plus seven seventy five opening at plus 775, currently at plus 697.
2: And a rare situation where extremely lopsided odds still do not feel inaccurate.
1: Yeah, like we just saw uh, Chimaev like hanging out on top of Gilbert Burns and just beating him up, you know? Yep. It just doesn't... It doesn't feel like a, and we know that, like, Nate's not hard to take down. He's never been hard to take down. No. He doesn't, he doesn't plan on being hard
2: to take down. You know, it's not. I mean, he's a better wrestler, like like Nate, like Nick. I think they're both better wrestlers than given credit for. But how much does that mean? I mean. Yeah. Chemayev is a, is a hell of a good wrestler.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, I don't, you know, other than. Yeah, other than his fights with Conor McGregor and Anthony Pettis, there has never been... The last time Nick Diaz wasn't taken down in a fight was against Donald Cerrone Mm in 2011. Every other opponent he's had has taken him down.
2: Yeah, and also in that fight, he got... Dropped with low kicks like eight times. So <laughs> even then, yeah. you could count some of those as takedowns, even if they didn't lead to top control.
1: Yeah. So he's he stood up under Anthony Pettis' wrestling and Conor McGregor's
2: wrestling. Yeah. But you know, even oh, well, when... you know what? I think he's going to do it. Now that you mentioned those those uh, top tier wrestlers, I think he's going to he's going to beat Jemaya. Yeah. It's just.
1: Yeah, it just feels like a the path to the path to victory here is, it feels non-existent for yep. for Diaz to like wait out Chimaev and to get him worn out because even still like you know more often than not too Nate his early his slow starts have been slower you know it's yeah. not even like a like oh yeah he just builds momentum and he's coming on it's just like early parts of fights just look really bad for him now. Yeah. And it's having to go through serious adversity to find his way back into fights. And Shemaev like Habib, he's not a fighter that you can give up the early momentum to, you know, this came up a bunch and like when McGregor was going to fight Habib and people were like, yeah, well, you know, if he can survive early and get him, it's like survive early and get him tired. You yeah. can't, you can't beat this guy that way. You can't get, you can't get behind and then think, oh, I'm going to claw my way back out of this, out into this fight.
2: Yeah. Because the, what happens when he's ahead is he is crushing you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he'll, he'll finish Nate before it ever gets to that point. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. there's no reason to think there, we won't get a finish in this fight.
1: Absolutely. Even just to cut stoppage.
2: Yeah. 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 You know, Hmm
1: even just hit, Nate, getting beat up and hit in the face until his eyebrows get all cut up and the doctors have to stop it yep. would be mm-hmm. totally easy to see Yep. alright let's get to what would have been a cool fight uh, four years ago yes it would have Li Jinglong, Tony Ferguson and um,
2: you know what it might still be a cool fight yeah it it, it, it probably will be actually you know what Tony, I don't know if it's enough to count on, but he looked good against Michael Chandler. He looked yeah. reinvigorated. God knows what that result has done to him, but he didn't look completely shot. He didn't look like he was like half awake, like we have uh, seen all too often from him in, in, in recent times. So probably slow yeah. starting Leach, uh, taking clean shots early. There's going to be some, some fun exchanges, and, and we'll see.
1: There's there's a real chance for Ferguson to build momentum the way that he wants to and likes to here. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. I think he's probably found some change. You know, I think he's probably, I hate to say this because I don't know the guy I can only take, take from him what he projects, but he's probably finally lost enough to have his ego thoroughly checked.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think it probably took all the, it probably t- took the Benil Darius fight Yeah, for that to happen.
2: It probably took a lot of pressure off, too, because I think, first yeah. of all, Tony being on that huge win streak, I don't know if a single loss is enough to take away the pressure, the expectation that, like, I'm supposed to be yeah. so much better than this. And, yeah, he did look relaxed and comfortable against yeah. Michael Chandler for the first time in a while.
1: I think he he built himself into a corner where he was yeah. just he was telling everybody all the time. I'm the greatest. I can beat anyone. Nobody can touch me. He had an incredibly confident aura that. Yeah, it put a lot of pressure on him and you need that confidence to fight. But to make change, you know, I think it probably pro- probably got him to a point where it's really hard to make changes, mm-hmm. you know, how are you going to admit that things aren't working and that things are going wrong? And cause this is somebody who ran his own camps, yeah, who like went off and would just train by himself in the mountains. And when you are like isolating yourself and claiming yourself as the key to all your success for so long, it's going to be really hard to figure, to to come forward and be like, okay, wow, I. I am failing and there's no one to blame but me. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm not the greatest. And it seems probably a few losses he's been talking about going around and training with other camps and finding people to work with and things like that and not running his own own training anymore. And yeah, I think he he looked like a reinvigorated fighter against Michael Chandler. Mm -hmm. It's just also the fact that... There might be, you know, he might be physically shot in ways that may mean that doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter that he's reinvigorated. It doesn't matter that he's found the, you know, the zest again to go out and be the guy he used to be because physically he can't be. He can't take the shots he used to take because there's never been a point in Tony Ferguson's career where he was not reliant on
2: how incredibly tough he was. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it does, it it does, or at least could, because who knows if that was just a last hurrah, but it it, it does comprise a significant improvement. That like yeah. Tony being visibly more relaxed and comfortable. You know, this this is a guy known for his flow. Like yeah, you you get some of that back when he's relaxed, mm-hmm. and that was that that fluidity was notably. Absent in his um, in his like three losses before then where it was just like everything was overthinking he was tense he was like so it, it's something it, it's meaningful yeah. but um but I still he, gotta pick you now. yeah he absolutely has declined and there's there's still no denying that
1: yeah because if both guys are gonna start small start slow and start a little cold that you know that's great for Ferguson there's a chance for him to win this fight because at his best, he was a more creative, more, um even, I don't even want to necessarily say he was technically better than Li Liang, Li but he was more creative and he was more confident and he was more focused Yeah. than Li Jinglong at his best. Mm-hmm. He was more capable of, building and building and taking over to an extent that he could be just about anybody. And Lee Jinglong has still had fights where you can see if he doesn't get, if that momentum doesn't build the way he wants it to, mm-hmm. he gets incredibly frustrated and he just can't, you know, he has a fight like he did not very long ago against Neil Magny.
2: Yeah.
1: Where it's just like, he just couldn't figure out Magny's range at all and then kept trying to press the clinch over and over again and just got taken apart there. Um, so, you know, there's there's a version of Ferguson that could win that fight, but it's just that if both men get to start slow and get to feel their way into the bout, then I have a lot more tr- trust in the durability and power that Li Jing Liang starts to bring as the fight goes on
2: Yeah. than I, mean, I
1: do Ferguson up a
2: division for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even in um, even in his prime, um, even in his prime, I think this would have been a uh, a potentially tricky matchup for Tony. I didn't even put it together. This is happening at one seventy, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even in his prime, I mean, there is the possibility that the leech dealing with a you know lengthy, rangy striker would have had some of the same discomfort he had with Neil Magny, but it's just as likely that uh Tony Ferguson would have run into a shitload of punches like he did against Michael Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that somebody just being a competent boxer with a functional jab and good counter-punching skills. Um, yeah. As you said, Tony always relied on his chin and there were certain matchups where people could just, I mean, really just the Michael Johnson one where somebody could just hit him cleanly enough times that it didn't matter how tough he was.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there there's also the josh thompson fight too like yeah yeah he won that fight but it was a bloody war
2: you know yeah so now um whilst there's still the possibility that tony could maybe make the leech uncomfortable with his reach and everything the the leech is going to find counters um and tony is still i think by nature very aggressive i think he has to be i mean if he's not the leech will run him over.
1: Yeah, that was the big problem when he was when it felt like everything was falling apart for Ferguson. When we were talking about he seems stiff, he seems overthinking. The problem was that he 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 was becoming inactive. Yeah. He was having trouble pulling the trigger. He was letting other fighters lead and get in on his get in on his legs and take him down, or just beat him to the punch and make him have to react to them, which is yeah. not how, you know, Tony Ferguson at his best is somebody making you react constantly to everything that he's doing. Yeah, And so, yeah, he has to be aggressive. He has to, the, you know, the confidence coming back to him, the Michael Johnson fight was a return to, oh, look, Tony Ferguson can go out there and he can flow and create again. Yeah. But he still got detonated. Yeah. Because it, that style is still going to put him right into the teeth of somebody's offense. Yeah. It always did.
2: And the leech is a powerful puncher. He's accurate. He's, as I said, a skillful counter puncher. Yeah. Um, he
1: gets his own flow going, too.
2: Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, there might be some discomfort, but Tony Ferguson having to bring the fight to him, the, the leech is going to warm up because of it. And yeah. uh, he may also just start landing shots immediately because, uh, you know, Tony's defense is not great. Yeah. So,
1: no, yeah, I'll take Xiong, it could still be an interesting fight, like both men getting the fight that they want. They're both really fun fighters when they get the fight they want. You
2: know? Yeah, I think it will be. But I, you have to pick the leech.
1: Yeah, it would have been fascinating to see when Tony was at his most durable and most 100%. confident.
2: Yeah. I would have also loved to see Tony like, yeah, there's just uh, have always been a lot of those matchups. And it's weird to think that Tony is such an incredible record yeah uh still somehow like lucked out and like imagine if tony had to fight like daniel tamer mm-hmm. that would have been a brutally difficult fight for tony to win he might have he might yeah. have won it the way Ch- chucky olives won it and just walked through the fire but um this is a type of fighter uh just a competent powerful accurate puncher who has uh, always had the ability to give tony problems
1: yeah see Ferguson is currently a sizable underdog opened at plus 235 is currently at plus 216 Lee Liang opened at minus 275 currently minus 269. Not many of these lines are really moving much right now just we're still we'll still week out when we're recording this remember so. Um. If 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 we if by the time you listen to this, listeners you know, generalized you, uh, and w- the lines are way different. We had no way of knowing. Yeah. Okay. All right. That brings us to a woman's bantamweight fight: Irene Aldana, Macy Chasen. and. Um, mhm.
2: Yeah. Another one that's, uh, I think, fairly straightforward to pick. Yeah. Um, Macy Chasen didn't exactly run away from Norma Dumont. No. Um, a solid enough boxer who's just not aggressive enough. Yeah. Um, in Aldana, she's got a more aggressive boxer who's also bigger. I think, is Aldana bigger than Chasen, in fact? Ah. Uh... Five, uh, nine, I don't think so five, nine, 68 and a half. Chasen is five eleven seventy two. She's still bigger. Yeah. Aldana's certainly bigger and stronger than most of the women. Chasen is actually able to bully. Yeah. I don't expect that to happen. And um yeah, she's she's more aggressive and a better uh defensive wrestler, so like it it doesn't I, I don't really see a, a very clean path to victory for Aldana. Or for a Chasen rather.
1: Yeah, you really do have to keep going. I, I really have to go back to that Raquel Pennington fight um, yeah. where somebody who was tough and strong was able to just hang in and keep landing shots on Chasen. Yeah. And Chasen doesn't really, you know, she for as big and as long as she is, she doesn't know any way to fight other than inside, in the pocket. Yeah.
2: And she's a bully and I, we've seen yeah. more than once that she can kind of deflate when there's significant pushback. Exactly. If she just
1: has somebody in front of her that is tough enough and aggressive enough that they will meet her every single time she steps in, then it's much more likely that she will wilt and break than it is her opponent will yeah. wilt and break. You know, people like Marion Renault or Shanna Young, uh, who have been you know kind of reluctant in fighters or who are a lot smaller than her and are can get physically bullied by her she can absolutely just go in there and if you get if you get scared by her she will just turn on relentless aggression Mm -hmm. you know but lena landsberg was willing to stand in and stay tough yeah with her and that was enough yeah. And then Raquel Pennington did it too. And yeah, Irene Aldana seems, you know, she's got troubles where she can be a bit rote in the combinations she throws. Mm-hmm. Um, And she can take pictures a bit, but if, but that's not something that like Pennington is ever, or not something, I mean, that Jason's ever really been able to take advantage of.
2: No. And I think she, she has also been improving on that front. Yeah. She she's has. getting more comfortable in the pocket, becoming a little more of a, of a sharpshooter. like. Um, picking her shots a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe there's something in the fact that Holly Holm was able to grind on her a bit, but that was part of a of a broader game plan.
1: Yeah, and Holm is, like, she is the most rugged, yeah, most hard-nosed, consistent grinder out there. She is not somebody that you can break by being as tough as she is inside. You know, home. You can maybe eke out a split decision because she won't do enough. Yeah. But she will act absolutely not go away.
2: Yeah. And even then, it's not like she was able to spend the majority of the fight controlling Aldana. She still. Yeah. Again, it was it was a small part of a larger game plan that involved a lot of skills that Jason just doesn't have.
1: Yeah. there's it, it also just. A lot of that showed off that, you know, Aldana didn't have the tracking footwork for somebody willing to slide away and circle out
2: and things like that. And Jason's just not going to do that. Nope, she doesn't have the striking skill or even really the wrestling skill. She's again, she's just if she's bigger than you, she might just kind of swamp you. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty straight. Yet another pretty straightforward pick for uh, what I assume is the sizable favorite.
1: Yeah, it seems it seems very much like an Aldana fight. And uh Aldana is the favorite, although not not as much as I would have thought, honestly. Yeah. Opened at minus one fifty-six is currently minus one eighty-four. So that line is getting wider. Yeah. Chasen opened at plus one thirty six and is currently up at plus one fifty. I would expect that to just keep getting wider. It really yeah. doesn't feel like you know, I mean, Chasen too, because she's really all about bullying and getting inside and trying to uh, overwhelm people with her, her strength and her size. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she hasn't really been much of a knockout artist either for somebody who's got the power. Yeah. And uh, the snap that she can deliver on some of her strikes. Cause she just doesn't, she doesn't prioritize clean striking. No. And so, you know, if she like if she's not going to knock Aldana out and she's going to go in there and she's just going to trade with her. Like Aldana is a much cleaner, much sharper technician in those moments for landing shot. The kind of shots that can turn your lights out for sure. So I would not be at all surprised by a Irene Aldana TKO or KO at some point. Mm hmm. All right, that brings us to a light heavyweight
2: bout. I think now. A... This this one is sick. Yeah, yeah. Light heavyweight. It's, bout. it's stupid. It's stupid. It's, it's equally meaningless next to everything else. But it is it is a light heavyweight fight of the highest order. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't. Johnny get Walker.
1: Johnny Walker. Ewan Iwan Kudalaba. And. Yeah, I mean, these these two men typify what light heavyweight is all about. We've talked about this for years, and it is it is the division. You know, it is more than heavyweight. Heavyweight is built on durability. Yeah. Light heavyweight is built on power. Yeah. Light heavyweight is built on that shocking dynamic speed and power where any one strike can knock anybody out. And... These dudes are all about that, you know? Kudalaba is out there throwing everything from the hip for his life. Absolutely a kill-or-be-killed fighter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, nobody is more that dude than Johnny Walker. Even more so than Kudalaba. Well,
2: is he? It's kind of just a please-don't-kill-me fighter. Uh, lately? Yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, there's a very funny version of this fight where Johnny Walker just, I mean, I think of even a likely version of this fight, where Johnny Walker just persistently stays at range. Kudalaba is constantly coming after him, but can't cut off the cage very well. Oh. And Johnny Walker has to keep moving, so he can't get off many strikes. <laughs> and <Yeah>. we, just, <laughs> we, we We could be in for a... A uh, a modern day um oh, what's the name I'm blanking on? You know, the guy who ran around Oh, Caleb Starnes. Caleb Starnes. yeah
1: I mean but, I still I feel for Caleb because
2: Oh, a fight we, we watched we, on, we, on the Depressed Us, which wasn't yeah. nearly as bad as we remembered. Starnes was, actually made a decent account of himself despite the running.
1: It was it was it was the climate of MMA at the time was very much a just bleed pro or just oh, yeah. you know just let me bang bro just just bleed fighters were it was all about sta- you know pride stand right in the middle and trade as many wild shots as possible yeah and then Caleb Starnes I know he even ballooned, he even ended up at like heavyweight eventually but he was also yeah. just clearly like he was a welterweight fighting a large middleweight yeah Nate Quarry was just clearly a way huger dude yeah. out there. I feel for Caleb a little, cause yeah,
2: yeah. And nowadays, people are fans even are much more likely to to be of the opinion like, well, why couldn't Nate catch him? Yeah, yeah. It's on, it's on you, dude. Yeah.
1: It was, it was honestly, it's honestly one of those things where like I feel for the guy because he got a bum rap out of something that would look, it would feel a lot different if that fight were booked to if that fight happened today. Yeah. fan reaction would be a lot different to it
2: yeah he was also a pioneer i mean that is still a primary way of uh escaping a pressuring fighter is to uh turn your back and jog along the fence
1: right. <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Gustafson thought he was that's inspired
2: right. that's
1: right he beat Glover to share that way
2: that's right Khalid Starnes um walked so that Gustafson could run away
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so i i will admit you have you have raised the specter for me (laughs) that that, this would be
2: a terrible fight
1: (laughs) that johnny walker is shook yeah he certainly is he is shook and it's not it sucks because you Kudalaba is not shook oh no nothing is going to ever get
2: through that man's head he's so kill or be killed that at this point you have to wonder if he just likes being killed yeah like he's he's a legend of rage yeah at that
1: point i I have to pick Kudalava. yeah i do because it's not like a retreating johnny walker can make a bunch of good reads right you know he's not a fighter who can survive just counter punching off his back
2: foot yeah, that's the problem with this new approach is he does he is not equipped with the actual skills or the psychology to be effective it's like he knows he's running scared that's how he fights because this is this is not what he's comfortable doing
1: yeah and the worst part is is that he his big career change was to go to SBG Ireland
2: yeah so yeah he's, uh, he's not gonna be sharpening up those technical details anytime soon yeah
1: I I have. I guess I have to pick Kudalava. I feel bad for Walker. I. I want. You know. I. I always want everybody to succeed, even if like, even if fighters get together and like somebody's gonna lose. I always want to see everybody have
2: the best fight they can. You know. You heard it here, uh, Mr. Covington. I know you listen to the show. Zane I, is gunning for you. I. Uh, rooting, <laughs> not gunning. Right. I I don't. (laughs) He might misinterpret that. Yeah. Yeah. Zane is on your side, Colby. I mean, from a fighting perspective, yeah, I am. Like, I, I want to see people
1: show up and perform. And it sucks to see a fighter like Walker, who has everything he needs to be a physically to be a top level light heavyweight.
2: Yeah. He should be a, a a true natural of the breed. I mean, he was. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just all the speed, all the size, all the strength, all the power, all the dynamism. Every, and he even, you know, the technique is he's he's amalgamated it in touches. He has things he can do very well technically mm-hmm. in moments. They're just not connected to anything else. Um, but yeah, he's now, he's losing and it, it just feels like he doesn't know. He, he knows why, he just doesn't, doesn't know how to fix it. Yeah. And I don't know that he's got anybody around him that knows how
2: to fix it. No, the people around him have been a pivotal part in this uh, historic overcorrection.
1: Yeah. And so it sucks because, yeah, I want to see him do well. And I don't I, I have to when I think about it a little more, I have to pick you want to go to lava here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows? This could be again. Kudalaba is not good at like cutting off the cage or really being you know, a pressure fighter if you're committed to staying away. So if this he's is a headhunter,
1: he really may he he. You know exactly what fight he's looking to have with you. There are opportunities for Walker to be. Yeah, you know, he's going to see a lot of the same stuff over if and
2: this, over. If this, I mean, if this is the fight where Walker turns that corner, he's at the very least you can say so far he's been committed to this new style and it it it's certainly possible it could be one of those things where um it just isn't working yet but it's gonna like he he's Uh maybe he's if he sticks at it long enough even if he keeps losing he's bound to figure some things out and if this is the fight where he uh he learns how to actually put together a winning striking approach without having to press forward the whole time then kudalaba is ripe to lose that kind of decision or to get mm-hmm. finished even just running forward into strikes i mean like didn't jared cannoneer like outbox kudalaba mm-hmm. um
1: and magma Ankalaev just absolutely ripped him to shreds as yeah, he came forward on the front
2: it's, and um, one of my favorite performances of, a, of a, a complete a fighter who fell apart soon after but of course um Uh, Uh Yeah, Serkinov, Misha Serkinov also uh, just handily outboxed Kudalaba uh, from range. So it's possible, but I have yet to see Walker do it. I I have yet to have any reason to think that he's actually capable of doing it. He looks incredibly uncomfortable whenever he tries. And so you just got to assume that Kudalaba is going to keep him on the back foot. And at least, I mean, this may be a fight which is honestly decided by effective aggression. Yeah. Because at least he's gonna, you, you can trust Kudalaba to come running in looking for a fight the whole time.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> Let's see. Walker is the underdog here. Opened at plus 155. Currently at plus 154. Kudalaba opened at minus 180. Currently minus 186. So a reasonable favorite. Not a huge Because there is also always with the, with both men. There's a chance, you know, Kudalaba could be doing great, running in and instigating the fight and making things tough on Walker. And Walker could just step forward once with a flying knee mm-hmm. and knock him out. Mm-hmm. Could happen any time. So not a fight that should get that wide.
2: No. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be close and indecisive. That's my feeling. Yeah. All right, that brings us to a.
1: A really fantastic uh, welterweight, now catchweight bout. not actually sure what the reasoning here is for the catchweight. Um, yeah. Maybe this fight got moved off another car. Let me see. What's this supposed to be? No, oh, it's not listed on topology, having been booked for another date. But it's a, taking place at 180 pounds, apparently. I got no problem with that.
2: Sure, fine.
1: Kevin Holland, Daniel Rodriguez, and uh,
2: maybe maybe Kevin's back on the blunts and the talkies, you know. That's right. You know, we know he uh, he uh, he likes to he likes to blaze, not just trails, you know. That's right. Um, good fight. I mean, this is the best yeah. fight on the card. Yeah. Right. It it just is like it's it's the one that comes the closest to meaning something. Mm-hmm. Um, it I have looks, a guy will probably be ranked after this. I don't know if Holland's ranked right now, I don't right. think so. But these are two solid, um, solid fighters. We're going to get some really fun boxing exchanges, and um, yeah, it, it's going to be both fun and relatively meaningful. So um, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish it was like the main event of a fight night card with all these other fights underneath it, including Chimaev Diaz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be great. Um, yeah, it's not it's not entirely an easy one to figure out, chiefly because I'm still not sure I understand Kevin Holland at welterweight. Yeah, that's true. The the thing is is I've yet to see him in this division actually show the quality boxing that he showed uh, so often at 185. Mm-hmm. Um, even then it was inconsistent. Holland is yeah. just an amazingly inconsistent fighter, but I've I've yet to see um anything resembling the defense, the jabbing, the combinations that I sort of really appreciated him for. Instead, he's been much more of a bully. Mm-hmm. He looks powerful at 170. Yeah. Um and he looks like he feels powerful, I and mean, He's just going in there and just decking people in a way that he never did before. Yeah. Um. And uh, I don't really know how that works against Rodriguez, because uh, Rodriguez is, I think, for both of us, a, a sort of like dark horse favorite fighter. He's just been really, the really hard fighter to out brawl. Exactly. And and he's um he's technical too. Like he isn't just a brawler he can definitely throw down he likes to but the real fundamentals of his game are his jab Mm -hmm. and his footwork um which is a great example of what good footwork looks like because most people who expect like frankie edgar zipping around Mm -hmm. i think would look at rodriguez and say his footwork isn't impressive but the thing is is that he's constantly putting himself in the right position he's always adjusting his feet He's not giving away angles. He's um, constantly adjusting and looking to line up his shots without exposing himself. And he's a solid, very solid counterpuncher, really comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. Um. So there are going to be boundless opportunities for Rodriguez to absolutely nail Kevin Holland if the approach he brings into this fight is similar to what he's shown in other recent fights. Um, yeah just running in with his chin up, um, swinging bombs. It's just as likely he hurts Rodriguez, who has been hurt before. Uh um, Seems to recover exceptionally well and keeps an incredibly cool head. But, um, yeah, there's every possibility that Kevin can shock him, especially early. Uh, I think I'm going to go with D-Rod, though. I think I... I, I've yet to, the one thing I've yet to see out of Kevin Holland in this division or the one before is consistency. Yeah. <laughs> that like whatever approach he settles on, it is um even that approach even even the best ones don't actually tend to like last for the whole fight. Mhm. That he either gets tired or he just sort of loses focus. Um, whatever the reason. Kevin Holland is a very inconsistent fighter at the best of times. And so long as he doesn't finish Rodriguez, um, then Rodriguez is exactly the opposite. He's an incredibly consistent, competent fighter who uh, despite being hurt at times in the past has always worked his way into a fight more and more, the longer it's gone on. Uh So I, yeah, I got to take Rodriguez for just being the steadier, um, more consistently, like crafty, skilled boxer.
1: Yeah, that, there is a note of caution for me though with with Rodriguez. And yeah. we talked about this on uh, for the UFC Paris card with a couple fighters. Um, I'm trying to remember who exactly it came up with uh, for, but uh, the, just
2: boxing. Yeah.
1: Makes fights very difficult.
2: Um, well, Rodriguez is a solid kicker. It's not his A game. It's, but
1: it's not his A. It's not a significant part
2: of no, his. No, he's a good low kicker, and he will sneak in a very tricky high kick when people are really getting a read on the left hand. But yeah, it's not. Uh, he he certainly is primarily a boxer.
1: Yeah. And when you when you limit yourself like that, you just make fights tougher on yourself. I think it was. Fig Lock we were talking about on um, yeah. last week and how I you know this I have a distrust of it and Khalid Taha uh-huh. too and that was like one of the things I think that became like a big factor of why Rodriguez even though he statistically should have won the fight why he lost to Nicholas Dalby yeah you know he outlanded Dalby in Every round, mm-hmm. but Dalby was able to create opportunities and create offense that it it, 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 he was able to find more targets in a way that the judges, I, I mean, even looking, looking at the statistics, Rodriguez went just as much to the leg and the body, legs and body as he did to the head. Um, but it's still. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that I think of with him. It's that like Mm -hmm. he gets a little tracked in as a headhunter and fighters can find ways to take the fight to him in other ways around that offense.
2: And he's, and he needs to be consistent technically because he's not like super fast. Yeah. Uh, he's in fact a a little cumbersome at times. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, The, 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 even though there is a lot of variation and subtlety in his boxing, it can ultimately still feel a little predictable.
1: And Kevin Holland is not that guy. Like, if there's anything to be said about Kevin Holland, he's absolutely not that guy. He, Especially he, not lately. Yeah. He will take this fight to Rodriguez in a variety of ways. He will yeah. clinch up with him. He will look for takedowns. He'll look to scramble and find submissions. He'll look to land big shots. You know, it'll be, he'll make the fight messy and that'll probably give him pretty good ways into this to make it, you know, to, to get rounds and yeah. to over three rounds. You know, if we're talking like D-Rod has one really good round, maybe Holland puts him on the fence for a round and just kind of, you know, outlands him in the clinch or gets a takedown or something.
2: Yeah, but what is yeah? That's the thing is, what does Kevin Holland's variety actually lead to here? Like, yeah, is he gonna out wrestle D-Rod? Not really. Like, he he he's he's probably gonna get some clinches, but like Dolby, yeah, out wrestle Rodriguez. No, he's uh, Kevin Lee got Rodriguez down, but could hardly control him. Like, it's true. Uh, he's he's a, so, he's a tough guy to keep down. He's gonna land some kicks, but yeah. Rodriguez is also probably gonna pretty quickly find out that he can just send a jab down the middle and counter them. Like, uh, it, it's still difficult to see if unpredictability is itself a a path to victory when there, there really are, when Kevin is being aggressive, just a lot of holes for sure. a good, good counterpuncher to take advantage of. Yeah. So, I see oh. what you're saying, but I, I still, I, yeah, I just think this is like, I, I watched that Tim Means fight of Rodriguez, and I'm like, man, this guy's sharp in the pocket. <laughs> you pressure you really, him, and you're, yeah. you're rangy and tricky, and still, it's like... He's going to keep his jab in your face and look to set you up for shots. And every time you overcommit, he's going to punish you. Yeah,
1: I I'll go with you. I'll, I'll ride with you on this, and I'll I'll take D. Rod. I, there just has a, like I there's some vague feeling of like a mid career Bobby Green for me with him.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Where it's just like. His opponents can seem to find ways to to dictate fights with him in ways that even if he should clearly be winning, judges might look at it and be like, "Yeah, did he really win that? I don't know. Maybe his opponent
2: did." Yeah, there's not a lot of strategic like flexibility to uh, yeah. to his style. So, I'll
1: I'll 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 go with you and say that this is going to be actually a rough fight for Holland, and I'll trust your your eye on this but i have have this gut feeling that kevin holland can just make himself a funky problem for rodriguez
2: i have no doubt that he will at points yeah
1: especially size and reach i mean just if he can fire kicks from a range that rodriguez can't
2: counter them easily Mm -hmm. then you know he could make this fight really weird Mm mm-hmm And if Kevin goes back to his boxing, I think we're looking at an extremely fun fight. I mean, it's going to be fun either way. Like I said, it's the best matchup on the card. But I would love to see Rodriguez having to deal with a Kevin Holland who is jabbing and setting things up from range. Mm -hmm. No kidding.
1: Odds on the bout. Holland is a clear favorite. Opened at minus 150, dropped to minus 220, and is currently at minus 193. Rodriguez opened at plus one thirty, jumped up to plus one eighty five, is currently plus one sixty.
2: I think I think people just have a tendency to fade Rodriguez. Like this guy came in and beat Tim Means in his UFC debut and looked good doing it. Like he's just a a quietly very solid fighter.
1: He really is. And that Dolby fight that went against him Mm -hmm. really probably shouldn't have as much as I love Dolby. That was Mm -hmm. a fight that Rodriguez really should have won. And you know that would make him undefeated in the UFC so far. Yep. Whereas Kevin Lee, there's certainly been ways to beat Kevin Lee, you know.
2: Holland. Or Holland rather,
1: mm-hmm. Kevin Holland. There have certainly been ways to beat mm-hmm. Kevin Holland in the UFC, although most of them have revolved around out wrestling him or, out- or finding a, a way to submit him.
2: Yeah, that's true. This is not his weak area on the feet. No. Um, let's see
1: alright well that that wraps up the main card you can find me on twitter at these sam you can find Connor on twitter at fox and bush you can find both of us over at bloodyolo.com give us a like so that. subscribe to our pl- podcast on bloodyolo presents on soundcloud youtube itunes spotify stitcher all those good spots and as always the MMA section is brought to you by the fine art of violence by chris Reaney, which you can find over at chrisreeney.com Com. thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next
0: time the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivisection, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Brooklyn's Corner, exclusive fighter interviews, show money, guest podcasts, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and on bloodyelbow.com.